Welcome, everybody, to episode 229 of the Metabilis 2 podcast featuring David and Ben. And uh, you're on location. You're calling in remotely. You're not in your normal recording studio. <laughs> I'm not. I'm completely on location at Scenic Lake Jefferson in the beautiful state of Minnesota, the southern part of that state. Yes. So you are in one of the 10,000 lakes, land of 10,000 lakes. They do call it land of 10,000 lakes, and I am on one of those lakes. Again, the imaginatively named Lake Jefferson, and there's also, of course, a Lake Washington, and there's probably a Lake Lincoln and, you know, all the other presidents as well. But this is Lake Jefferson, and this is where my wife's family have had a cabin since um, the early 1970s. Yeah, excellent. So it's yeah. a... Fourth of July, Independence Day weekend, long Indeed. holiday. Exactly, Independence Day. It's America's birthday, everybody. <laughs> Yay. Hey, hooray. Everyone, everyone's happy about that. Um, so, yeah, so we're staying in the cabin for a couple of days. I think we're probably going back to Minneapolis on Monday, which would be tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not sure we're doing anything for the 4th. How about you? Doing anything for the 4th of July? Mm, probably not. Probably no. not. Sell some yeah. fireworks? Maybe. No. I don't know. There's a... Minor league ball team in where I live, so we might go uh, see the fireworks there after the game, but probably not. We'll have to see. Are they going to give you Monday off, or are you going to have to struggle into work? Nope, I am. I'm going to go in for a day and then get a day off. Very <laughs> so good. Very they're, good. they're not handing out free work days. <laughs> uh, right. Um, okay. Chit chat over. Um, yeah. We got we got some <laughs> rankings. To pile into. Yeah, so the latest crop of Doctor Who magazine reader rankings are in. We left off after finishing up with Tom Baker. We so did. we have another set, another tranche of four DWM rankings, and beginning with Davidson. And um, I'm sort of going to lump a little bit Davidson and Baker 2, um, Colin, together. There's very little movement. I have been surprised, well, not really surprised, but forever, at least for the last 10 years, the fan opinion, the fan ranking of the 80 stories has calcified. It seems set in stone, very, very little movement, and yep. the movement itself just seems to be a statistical noise, really. Right. It's not any big yep. movers or shakers. Yep, yep, yep. And, you know, Caves of Androzani is... It's the best Davison story, apparently, followed by Earthshock, followed by the Five Doctors, uh, followed by Kinder, yada, 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 basically all the mm -hmm. way down. Yeah. I mean, the only major, ch the only major, the only kind of changes are really are from 1998 into, into 2009. But everything from everything in the 21st century is really basically the same. Yeah, set in stone. And yeah. What is your theory? I can see why these are kind of locked in the way they are, but where they're locked in. I'm a bit flabbergasted that the five doctors is ranked so high. Yep. And the number three spot, when you have probably more ambitious stories like Kinda or Enlightenment below yep. it. Uh, the other surprise that I have is Resurrection of the Daleks being so high. Granted, it's uh, Davison's only Dalek story, which might have elevated it some, but... It's not the greatest. It's in sixth place, ahead of uh, yeah. things I think that are probably more... More appreciated, but then then again, with Davison's stories, there's nothing really controversial about any of them. Yeah, so yeah. So you're not going to see any big drops like uh, Talents of Wang Chang. Exactly. There's, which, you know, we're entering a time when that kind of, you know, that kind of, uh, uh, I'm going to call it a mistake, that kind of error is not, is not, is not made. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've got my favorites in the Davison era. They tend to be at the 
bottom of these rankings, which I'm a bit upset about. Um, well, not upset, it's probably a bit, a bit strongly. Um, I'm, I'm interested in. I'd go into bat for Four to Doomsday, which I think is super. And I always go into bat for, for Terminus. And I'd like mm-hmm. to see them a bit higher. I think Frontius is a great story. Yeah. With a lot of kind of hardcore sort of hard sci-fi stuff which is good that should be higher i i agree with you about five doctors it's i mean five doctors is fine but it is it's kind of a um uh, it's kind of a dog's breakfast really um yeah uh, or you know i was going to say literally but it's not metaphorically it's a dog's breakfast <laughs> i would actually kind of put that one to one side to be honest but i mean you know yeah. it, i guess it is a davison era story mm-hmm. i mean case of Zani is it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's it certainly should be in the top five. I'm not sure about Earthshock being up there. Um, I mean, I think you know, given Cybermen and Death of Adric, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, you're right. It's 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 dull to see so little movement. Mm-hmm. It's dull and riffing off what you said about Frontios. That Frontios is 11 out of 20 stories rather than in the top 10. I think that's criminal. I really question the judgment of fandom yeah, that would put a story like Frontios behind something, say, like The Visitation. Yes, fans, we think you have no taste. <laughs> You've got no right to be fans of this show. Stop it. <laughs> bad fans. No. Bad fans. Bad fans. Um, have better taste. Hmm. Um, is it hard to have good taste in the Davison era? It is. I mean, for me, it was pretty bland. Yeah, it's, it's, is it bland? That I mean, I think there's actually quite a lot of texture within the Davison stories mm. and given that texture I personally have seen my interests in the Davison era and it's not I'm you know for, to be fair it's not my favorite era right however you know my interests in it have waxed and waned and gone up and down and I've been oh this I actually like this story a bit more now mm-hmm. I mean that's maybe because you know it's not really my core fan era um, right. and therefore I feel more uh, liberty to decide that I suddenly like Ark of Infinity better than Resurrection of the Daleks. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, I mean, you know, all Doctor Who stories have got some stupidity in it. And actually, <laughs> sometimes, yeah, this this is really stupid. And it, right. in fact, it's so stupid, I'm actually enjoying it more right. than something that is, you know, really serious about mm-hmm. like, ooh, Daleks are being evil, you know, like all that Saywood stuff. I, again, I really kind of downplay, really. Um, it's It's just too much for me mm-hmm. nowadays. And I prefer the, some of the sillier stories hmm. in the Davison era, really, I think, and also the Baker era. Well, Warriors of the Deep dropped to 19th out of 20th, and Warriors of the Deep is one of the stories I tend to like more than fandom uh, as a whole does of the Davison right. era. Right. And sillier stories like Fort of Doomsday, which basically has a pretty weak concept Yes. But it's it's fun. It is. A, it's a fun story. Exactly. Uh, Bygone, the uh, android Greek, is uh, an interesting character. And Monarch is an interesting villain. And, uh, I mean, Monarch Monarch's plan is telegraphed pretty well. But the doctor picks up right on it that they have a poison. And it's, it has some texture to it than more than, say, I think Earthshock or Resurrection of the Daleks does. Yes, yes. I mean, it's, uh, uh, Earthshock and Resurrection are, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's a, you know, shooty bang bangs in space, basically. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of hardcore, gritty um, 
stuff, which, you know, uh, there's sort of a place for that in Doctor Who, but not a huge place. It's not really a hardcore, gritty show. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, ne- there's never going to be such thing as, like, a gritty reboot of Doctor Who. That's just not, <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a hardcore, gritty show to try and, try and make we it hardcore. We had that in the 1980s. <laughs> we had the gritty reboot. Exactly, exactly. And, it, you know, and it, that, that, to me, is actually now more ridiculous than um than snake dance and um mm-hmm. you know um can't remember his name now um prancing around in a dress martin clunes uh martin clunes yeah dot martin prancing yep. around in a dress you know which is obviously obviously ridiculous but actually it's it's it is obviously ridiculous rather than just kind of you know oh well, that's ridiculous which is what i find kind of find resurrection of the daleks um mm-hmm. with you know rodney bruce pretending to be a space mercenary <laughs> um <laughs> Which is, you know, that's, the that's, likely just, lads in space in, in space and they're mercenaries now or something or the, maybe they're Dalek spies who knows what they are uh, yeah I think we're in broad agreement I think fans need to do better and to go back and watch these shows again properly and think about what they've done and and change and change their scores thank you do you ever foresee a time that Caves of Androzani would not be the pinnacle of the Davison rankings, um, I would like there to be a time when that is the case because I think that's interesting. Um, I cannot foresee a time when lazy fans do not <laughs> just put that as number one. How about you? I uh, not in my lifetime, not in the next thirty, forty years. <laughs> not, not, not in the next thirty, forty years. I also agree. In the next, uh, I mean, the next thirty years of my life, which would probably probably do me out. Basically, I'm not going to see that change. <laughs> I mean, they do this. Nine, you know, this is done every 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 decade, every, every eleven years, every decade ish. So we've got three more of these to go if we're lucky. Um, I I can't see this changing hugely without number one spot, and I can't actually see the top five changing hugely. To be honest, I'd like to see Resurrection fall. Mm-hmm. I'd like I'd, I'm 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 kind of I'm encouraged seeing Mordred Undead slowly creeping up the ranks. I I think it's it's not going to get any further than eight. Mm, though at this point, I think it could um, rise up to six. Honestly, oh you think? Okay, yeah. all right, okay. I'd like to see uh, Terminus and Four to Doomsday move upwards. Um, Four to Doomsday is currently moving downwards. Oh, it's not actually moving downwards. It's just moving. Up and down. Yeah, and it's just swapping spots. spots with Ark and Infinity in it's, the 16th it's ner- and 17th it's spot. nervously shifting from foot <laughs> to foot. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, that's all there is. It's a shame, actually. This kind of consensus means there's no kind of debate going on. I think that's a pity. We need a revisitation of the 1980s because if we, we look at uh, Colin Baker's era, totally set in stone since 2014 and 2009, actually. The last Pretty much time, doesn't change, yep. The last time we had any movement was from 98 to 2009, where the two doctors was in second originally, and it dropped a third, and where it is now. So Yeah, Jimmy Savile effect. The usual suspects are at the top. We have Revelation of the Daleks and, of course, Twin Dilemma at the bottom. But in between, not a lot of change. Unfortunately, I really can't see there being any change there. I mean, I mean, I suppose you could break out the trial of the Time Lord, trial of trial of a Time Lord into yeah. its constituent parts. See what happens there. But Twin Dilemma's not very good. Time Lash isn't very good either. Attack of the Cybermen is again too confusing and also overly grim and gritty mm-hmm. uh, and you look at the top Revelation of the Daleks is really good Vengeance of Varos is really good 
two doctors it's okay you know it's it's right. basically it writes itself i mean i can't i'm not surprised by this right but i'm also not really very upset by it either like i'm was pretending to be about D- davidson <laughs> I'm, I'm not actually you know yeah I, right. I, I can't there's no there's nothing that can be done with this this is this is how it is there's so few stories of colin baker's era and the opinions of them are set i i never see a time when the twin dilemma will crank rank up to seventh place out of eight it it just is the scene the opening scenes with the doctor throttling perry just leaves a bad taste and really Collins' era does not recover the story does not recover never recovered well the story doesn't recover and the era really doesn't recover either yep yep i'd agree and despite the presence of um kerr avon um i'm forgetting his actual real name paul darrow you know time lash it's not a good story it's not a good story it's a a literal mess um uh, i'm i'm going to confess i cannot remember the last time i watched it it certainly has a bad reputation in my dvd cabinet so yeah the whole colin baker era with uh the villain du jour the villain of the show perving over perry it gets old but then you have the doctor like in time lash who basically will go along with perry being married if she doesn't scream at the sight of the borat it's it's uh right it's it can't go any further down, and really, Colin Baker's era is the reason why we don't have these stories going head to head anymore. Because right. Right. when compared to other Who episodes, they only have to go down. Yes, because they're, they're at the bottom for a reason. They're not very good. They're objectively not very good. They're not good pieces of drama, uh, and they're not good pieces of television, um, and they're not good versions of Doctor Who. I mean, they're all of those things. Which, again, as we've said, is a huge shame because mm-hmm. Colin Baker is a big, a huge booster for the show. He's an excellent bloke. He's a really good actor. Um, has fantastic work, Big Finish stories, too. His work on Big Finish has been amazing. Uh, he's easily... I mean, they're all good on Big, big Finish, actually, because they've got good stories, by and large. Um, give any of the actors in Time Lash or The Twin Dilemma, and most of them have been in some versions of big finish at some point mm-hmm. um they all do an excellent job it's you know the, it's the stories themselves mm-hmm. and the and the and the staging of those stories that have that fail basically in the direction it's basically the, reaching peak sayward at this point and right sayward was not really compatible uh well he didn't like the doctor right he didn't like the character the doctor it was the do- just you look at stories like revelation where it takes forever for the doctor to appear right. in the action it's space mercenaries. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's more space mercenaries. Yep. Space mercenaries only. Yep. Space mercenaries and Cybermen is what we're interested in. And then, you know, you have the, you know, the Mary Sue figure of Baker's TV Doctor, which is, you know, basically, um, he's basically the producer in the show, <laughs> dressing the same, same hairstyle, right. same sort of attitude to things. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. I mean, I'd like to spend more time liking Baker's era, but it's hard to do uh, the... The two top spots, Revelation and Vengeance, I think are both mm-hmm. good stories um, and are fun to watch and have great villains. Well, obviously, one of them's great villains because it's got Davros and the Daleks in and some, some great performances and some interesting stories, but the rest of it just kind of falls away, basically, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so there you go. So the end, I guess, of the Sayward era where he kind of walks away from the show at the end of uh, 
Trial of the Time Lord. Right. We do have some holdovers, and the Time and the Ronnie, of no surprise, comes in at the very bottom of the McCoy out of his 12 stories. Very, very accurate piece of an analysis there. Yep, that's why it's at the bottom. Because it's, you know, it's, 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 not, it's not a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I think there's been some attempts to kind of rehabilitate Pip and Jane Baker's input into the show and their writing. And right. it doesn't work for me, I'm afraid. And it's kind of a mess. And I think one of the things, and I, you know, this is not an original thought by me. I think he's actually said in the, in the analysis in, in, in Doctor Who magazine, you know, it's interesting that the McCoy era is kind of ranked backwards. So the earlier stories are the least, are the, are the ones that are ranked as the worst, and it, hmm. gets, it just gets better and better and better and better and better, and then they cancel it. Right. Which is kind of a shame, because, you know, survival is a really great story. Fenric, it, it, it needs another episode to really mm-hmm. kind of do it justice. Um, Remembrance, I find a little bit much from time to time it's a bit heavy-handed in its kind of attitude to things yeah i think remembrance is at the top because of the daleks i think the daleks is what gives it the boost it seems same sort of thing with where we have resurrection and davison's era punching above its weight i think right. the daleks bump up remembrance in the rankings i think probably the pinnacle would be either survival or curse of fenric to if you look at it more objectively yeah. i think yep yep no i'd agree with that and then you know what movement we have is again as you say you know it's statistical blips and blobs it's like well yes and also no mm-hmm. silver nemesis i think rightly kind of drops yep. a little um not by a huge amount um but actually by three point no two points since 1998 because i again it's kind of a dog of a story to be honest um paradise towers is kind of on the rise a little bit you know maybe that's the um that's the uh um i can't remember who's doing the comics now you know they're uh, gareth kavanagh's comic group can't remember who they are what they're called anyway you know maybe he's getting a blip because people are are more nostalgic about that now Mm -hmm. but yeah you know it's yeah it's all it's just sloshing around in the bottom of it really i am surprised that cutaway comics cutaway comics yeah cutaway comics yep yep i am surprised that delta and the bannerman is so low and dropped from 10th from 11th position i I think that's more prototypical modern series Who than many of the other stories in it. And so I would have expected that to be right smack in the middle, more around uh, Battlefield 6th or 7th place rather than 11th place. Yeah, I'd I'd actually swap them. I mean, I'd be happy to see Silver Nemesis swap with the Delta and the Bannerman. That that would work for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Silver Nemesis really should be... Closer to the bottom. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Along with Dragonfire, honestly, that is a poorly realized story in many ways. Yeah. What? What? what how do you explain its slow? Its slow rise. Is it? Is again? Is is kind of nostalgia? People are like, "Ooh, yeah, I remember that when that was on telly. I really liked it because I was like three years old." Debut of Ace. Debut of Ace. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I mean, all the Ace stories are higher. Yep. I mean, than, Sophie. Uh, Sophie's star continues to rise, and you know, she again, she's a great ambassador for the show and she's a super nice person um and she's super present for the show and you know maybe that kind of rubs off a bit 
Um, periodically, I find her performance a little bit grating, but you know, she's she's as I said, she's she's a great ambassador for the shows. Right, and I think when you encountered Sophie as Ace, you were in college rather than Absolutely. you know a ten year old, eleven year old, and I think she was pitch perfect for a preteen, teenage audience. Agreed. Agreed. And yep. by the time. But I, I was seeing the end of uh, the McCoy era when I was in college, too. And it's just sort of like, yeah, this isn't... This isn't doing it for this me. This isn't doing it. Yeah, isn't doing it for me. But I can see uh, kids, kids, adults now who are about 10, 5, 10 years younger than me who really like late 80s. I totally get what they're seeing. It just it doesn't have that nostalgia factor for me that, say... Yeah early 70s stuff. Absolutely. Agreed. Yep. Yep. No, I think that's, I think that's correct. I think that's correct. So I think, uh, aside from Dal- Remembrance of the Daleks topping off this list, I would slot it down more towards a middle, middle rank story. It has some really good bits in it, and it also has some pretty wobbly bits, not just talking about the Daleks, but it, it is where it is, and I don't foresee maybe Fenric surpassing it but really that number one and number two remembrance and fenric they're probably going to be near the top always yeah yeah and 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 again like we were saying with um baker i guess also with davidson as well there's not i yeah i can't see that changing can't see really Mm -hmm. see that changing so on to mcgann on to mcgann but but wait where is he (laughs) he's not even in the polls what that's a disgrace. He's my favorite doctor ever. What's happened, David? Explain. Well, he was canceled. <laughs> Part of the mid '90s cancel culture from Fox uh, Television never picked up Doctor Who, the TV movie. We never saw the Doctor hunt down uh, his father Ulysses and uh, <laughs> battle God. his brother, Thank or the Master, or whatever. So, yeah, there was only one uh, McCann story broadcast in the mid '90s, and uh, I guess he gets a buy. Yeah, which is fair enough, because, um, I mean, as much as one might dislike the TV movie, and I don't like it that much, <laughs> it, it did give us Paul McGann, um, who has been yeah, an excellent, brilliant, very, very, very good Doctor. Yes. And that means it's worth giving, it's worth rolling it over to the final, basically, or the, the final heats. Mm-hmm. Without taking any kind of sample on McGann's uh, TV movie, I think DWM tips their hand here. They are not going to have a consolidated ranking at all oh, for this really? because if if they uh, if they haven't even taken any points. Now you you filled out these uh, voting ballots, right? I did. Yes. For the eighties, did and nineties, did McGann get a presence at all? Um, I, I didn't see one. No. Yeah. So I don't see how you can do a consolidated ranking. Not that I saw, a, a, you know, a legitimate way that you could do it. But right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, okay, we will have to see. So if in 2034, if they do another ranking like this, there's going to have to be an asterisk for 2023 if they do all of uh, who ranking. Right, 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 right. Well, uh, exciting times that will be. All right, well, I guess with no McGann, we're on to Eccleston. We're moving on to the New Who era um, with Christopher Eccleston. Now, I I was a little bit confounded by this. Yeah, um, I know. I mean, I mean, I can. Re- I I know why it's being done because I guess it was done before. To have the um, double episode stories, I would. I would like to have seen those broken out. Hmm. So instead of it being the empty child of the Doctor Johnson's as ranked as as one story, I'd like to see those ranked as two stories. 
Now, they are their own distinct story, and we don't rank uh, Unearthly Child and the Tribe of Gum separately. We don't, 100,000 BC is integral part of the Unearthly Child, and we don't split up, say, Seeds of Doom for the Antarctic two-parter and the... That's true. We don't do that. The, the Green Cathedral. That's true. So. We, that's true. We don't. We don't. I mean, I, 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 would like, I would like to have more... I would like to have had more of an opinion on, on McGann, because, again... Looking at the rankings, not again, I beg your pardon, on, on, on Eccleston, I would like to have been able to have more of an opinion because looking at these rankings, they are pretty much set in stone. Yep. There's no movement there at all. Well, there is, um, but that movement is, again, it's a nervous shuffling from foot to foot. It's not, a, <laughs> it's not actually, uh, and again, it is not surprising that kind of top, uh, uh, the top five, basically are the top five. I mean, I guess Rose has risen in its ranking over since mm-hmm. 2005, but then that was 2005, you know, right. when we didn't really know what to think about things because it had only just happened. Right. And I can't, when I look further down and I look at Unquiet Dead, End of the World, Boomtown, Aliens in London, Slash World War Three, Long Game, yeah, that's right. Don't have a lot of disagreement there. I've got no disagreement there. I have to look at the top spot. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'd probably <laughs> nudge Dalek a bit higher. Mm-hmm. I'd probably nudge Father's Day a bit lower, hmm. mainly because I have a problem with Father's Day. I think I've said this before, because it introduces an aspect of time travel that we never actually see again, particularly. And, you know, it kind of willfully changes the rules without actually then having that be consequential in the rest of the show. So that's why I don't like Father's Day. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a fine, it's a fine a fine story but yeah no i mean i agree with this and i can't see it changing it's very of its time father's day with uh introducing the the what is it the reapers yeah and the, oh the reapers concept. yes those things yeah the things that never appeared again yeah yeah but it's very much of 2005 and i'm thinking uh early torchwood that was i think at the weevils Right. Okay. Yep. Where, where, and you have these species that are attracted to the the space time rift in Cardiff. Right. It seems to me that this was a an avenue that Davis was going to explore, but decided not to. Right. He had these elements being added in there, and I do know that the Reapers were an afterthought. Oh, we need a monster. Right. In in this story, if it would be uh, better in your opinion, if the Reapers weren't there at all. If it was just a causality, if Pete didn't die, then something else would have happened. Like, oh, well, we couldn't, Rose would start having problems or something like that. I, I, I don't know. You, rather than a literal monstrous devouring time. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, 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 I would prefer that because I said, you know, we have had, you know, time, we've had a, an actual time monster before. Um, uh, Come Kronos. Kronos. Yeah, but they should have just had Kronos. Kronos should have like, just staggered in. Or Ramsey. The Vortosaurus should have come. I, just the whole lot. The whole crew. Um, <laughs> Ramsey the Vortosaur and and um, and uh, and Kronos. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, yes. I mean, I think there's, uh, there's enough story here mm-hmm. without there being a monster. Uh, and I think getting Paul Cornell, who, uh, you know, uh, I'm not entirely a fan of his writing, to suddenly throw in a monster randomly, mm-hmm. um, uh, I don't think it serves the story that much, to be honest. Yeah. But there you go. That's my opinion. If you look at human nature, family, but the monsters are, are humanoid. They're not monster monster. 
And I've not read everything Paul Cornell has written, but his monsters generally seem more human or uh, shades of uh, humanoid rather than literal monster. Yeah, though, again, I mean, as much as I like that two-parter, you know, the ending of that is, uh, is difficult for me because it, it, the Doctor does a bunch of things that he's never done before, he or she right. has never done before and has never done again and only does it in a poor Cornell written episode. So he's, he's got form with like, hey, this is a thing that only I do. Mm-hmm. It's a lot like a Paul Mars bit. Yeah, it, it, it is. It works it is. in the Paul's Mars universe, but it's not, it's a, it's a Paul Cornell. It's a Paul Cornell it's, universe. It's, yeah, and I, 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 yeah. I prefer the Paul Mars universe because it is so extremely distinctive. <laughs> the Paul Cornell universe, you know, the, the Cornelliverse, if you will, um, is... Um, pretends to be like a normal universe but actually it's got its own it has its own mm-hmm. rules which is fine but that kind of marks it down for me mm-hmm. I, and i'll be interested to see i mean we'll have probably this discussion when we talk about the tenant uh, tenant one rankings yeah in well, when those come out whenever that is yeah when we wrap up yeah probably in another couple months another couple of months i think they're voting on pcap and jody right now yeah 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 so i, I need to remember to get get to my computer and do those um and 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 do that um well, do that ranking right after we right after we press stop you can just absolutely while everyone else is switch over to DWM is downstairs playing cribbage or whatever I can be doing the <laughs> real work which is um, ranking Doctor Who it is work um, yeah so yeah so, which is actually work um, so yeah I mean there's nothing here there's nothing here to surprise me and there's nothing here that I violently disagree with mm-hmm. and I can't see it changing hugely over time and as we've said before in this podcast you know we've got another 30 years of this if we're lucky um <laughs> i can't see these rankings change another 30 years of doing this podcast yeah. if we're lucky mm-hmm. um i can't see these changing hugely. i think rose really needs to drop down i think the story like end of the world and boomtown are much better stories than roses yeah i mean rose gets a bump because everyone loves rose and yeah, but roses and all of these. Exactly, yeah. and but I think also there's a nostalgia thing here as well. You know, these are kids going, you know, and they were like, wow, mm. wow, this was, wow, this was the start of the show that I love. Right. Therefore, it has to be, it has to be ranked highly because right. this is the, this is the start of the show. It's the robot effect. It is the robot effect, <laughs> exactly. Which, as everyone knows, it, sh- it should be very highly ranked because it's the first, mm-hmm. it's the first um first time we saw Tom Baker. So there you go. Yeah. So looking back to Colin Baker, his first story should have been higher ranked, but uh, due to poor production decisions. Very poor production decisions. Unnecessarily poor production decisions, really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we didn't comment on it, but at the very top of Davison, it's his final story, uh, Caves of Androzani. Then the very next story, we're at the very right. bottom right. of Colin right. Baker. And... The whiplash in quality. Sayward and JNT dug Colin Baker a hole, and he never, never was able to climb out of it. Yep, absolutely, I agree. Yeah, and it's it's almost as if they, oh yeah, this is this is how we need to do this. The reason why the grim and gritty nature of the caves of Androzani works so well is because Davidson is not a naturally grim and gritty. It's not a naturally grim and gritty performance. Right. You drop a. a I mean, he's not, he's not a lightweight person. He's not a lightweight actor. Um, but there is a friendliness about Peter Davidson and when he plays the Doctor. So you drop that kind of friendly, affable, wants to get on with people character into this kind of nightmarish 
lit not literal metaphorical nightmarish scenario of Andrizani mm-hmm. um, it, it works really really well but if you kind of flip that and drop like a grim and gritty nightmarish doctor into the kind of brightly lit idiocy of the twin dilemma it doesn't work if you, if you do it if you do it the other way around and I think it's mm-hmm. instructive in that regards would McCoy I guess McCoy is his own gritty grim doctor too so you I, I personally I think if you if you remove the attack on Perry in the beginning and you had either McCoy's doctor or Davison doing the twin dilemma it might have worked better as a mid series I I think you, I think story. you're right yeah I think you, yeah I think you're right I think you're right yeah yeah, yeah. I it mean just, it's kind of a it's a daft story I think mm-hmm. um and uh but it's it, but it's hard to watch because you've mm-hmm. had that night that nightmare of the first episode yeah which is like, what What the hell is going on? I mean, I can remember, sorry, this is going further, even further back. I mean, when I was a, a child, a, a, a kid, um, being very, very anti-invasion um, uh, um, uh, of time because mm-hmm. the doctor's evil. What the hell's going on? Um, uh, which is fine in the end because the doctor turns out not to be evil. Right. And we're just pretending to be evil. Um, but as far as anyone can tell with Trindonema, we've got a doctor who's like a, uh, could murder someone whenever he, you know. Right. uh, That's just not, that's just not the show. It's Mm -hmm. not right. You were talking about how Davison wasn't that gritty character and how it works in Caves of Androzani, but that's the type of character I think Sayward was trying to have him be in Resurrection of the Daleks, too. Right. Where he's holding up the gun to Davros and making threats, and that seems to be... He got the characterization more of what would become Colin Baker's first full season's Doctor rather than uh, Davison's. So it's like there's dry runs of what Colin Baker would become in the Davison era when Sayward gets full reign both of script and script editor. Yeah, true. Uh, I mean, I think the difference between Resurrection and uh, Andrasani is that you know one of them is written by a good writer, and the one one of them is written by a writer who's not actually that good, <laughs> unfortunately. I mean, who's fi- who, yeah. who is fine, and you know the Doctor Who is littered with fine writers, you know, who to do an okay job. But Robert Holmes, he was kind of made for writing Doctor Who, really, mm-hmm. in some ways, and really kind of got what worked in any particular era, and. As I said, the envelope of Andrazani is so horrible um, and so opposite the Davison Doctor that you really kind of feel for the guy. I'm just like, this isn't what you usually get up to. This kind of horrible, kind of double-dealing mercenary um, with a small M world of you know plot and counterplot and betrayal and horror is just not what you usually get yourself involved in, and that's why it kind of works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the overall rankings, when DWM used to allow for that, Caves of Androzani often was at the top. Do you think Caves of Androzani would still surpass Revelation of the Daleks and then Remembrance of the Daleks and then The Empty Child, Dr. Dances? Uh, In current fandom's uh, leanings? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think think there are lots of different sets of fans nowadays, and it really depends on how many of them are voting. Hmm. You know, there are new Who fans who have gone back to watch Classic Who, and there are people like us, classic Who fans, who have come uh, because they have to to watch New <laughs> Who. Um, and classic Who fans are based in a particular era, the particular arc of their lives. Right. And so are New Who fans. And I think, uh, uh, you know, like any election, 
or in any kind of voting. It really depends who who votes. Right. And who votes is what determines the result, not mm-hmm. what everyone thinks. And that's another reason. Some people vote and some people don't. Yeah, like I did not vote because this wasn't comprehensive, like we're all stories pitted against each other. I just just couldn't be bothered i guess i didn't it, it had it had less meaning to me right are you going to vote when it gets to the kind of final the final deck no how do you mean well when we're when we've got the best three of every doctor or something whatever they're doing i can't remember how they do it oh are they going to do that oh yeah if, if we're doing head to head oh absolutely i'll vote head to head Oh yeah, I think they are. I think that's the plan. Hmm. Um, unless I'm willfully mis- I might have misread okay. what I thought I'd read, but I think yeah, I think they're going to take the top X from each era, and then it's going to be head to head again. Interesting. So I think the idea is to get rid of the absolute dogs like Twin Dilemma, which kind of drag you know have makes some poor old Colin Baker always at the bottom, right? Um, and just have the good ones in play yeah but is colin baker going to be at the bottom again with revelation vengeance and two doctors um uh, vengeance has got a chance um i also think to be number one not no. to be number one i think revelation has got a chance to be high up there i think two doctors yeah. that's a hard sell um, that's a more marmite story yeah um i mean you know ddwm have obviously you know blotted their copybook really really badly in the past with colin mm-hmm. and obviously you know they're going to try and make sure that doesn't happen again. By I don't know how they're going to do that, but you know, mm-hmm. um, I think no, I think I think there's a chance. I mean, I think um, they're counting. You know, on, I, I mean, what which doctor's story would be blown? That's that's the question. That's true. I mean, I think you know there are some doctors who are on the wane. I mean, I think I'm detecting a waniness of Tom Baker's era mm-hmm. in, in kind of fandom a little bit. Um, and I think, you know, you've got all the New Who fans who really could care less and are right. all frantically voting up David Tennant's stuff, right. or, you know, Jodie, Jodie Whittaker's material. Um, True. I mean, as much as I would like to go into bat for, as much as I go into bat for Jodie Whittaker, there are very few of her stories, I would say, that would be Colin Baker's stories. Really? Well, I think they're going to be really, uh, be really bad. walking a line yeah. if uh, predicting if they do put Doctor head to head. It would be interesting if the if the not my Doctor backlash would hold Whitaker back or deflate her balloting. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think that many not my doctors vote to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm gonna find it hard to kind of rank her stories high right if it's put against colin baker stories if it's the top three jodies versus the top three collins top you know the mm-hmm. top three collins are going to be higher and that's just because they're better and i can't think what the top three jodies might be but anyway it'll be interesting to see i'm imagining power of the doctor will be there in perhaps a ascension i wonder of the cybermen yeah i wonder if they'll yes <laughs> ascension is good i wonder if they'll have flux as one story or whether they'll break it up they will, because Trial is one story. Yeah, they will have it one story. Yeah, definitely Ascension. Yeah, I don't know. And also, I mean, Villa, Villa, Haunting of Villa Diodati, I think, is, I think is a good one, too. I Up think. there, yeah, it's in contention. Yeah, I think those two, those two stories work, work, work. What was Amanda? We were, Amanda and I were watching something on the telly, I can't remember what it was, and it was like, oh, yes, that person's been in Doctor Who. It's like, well, okay, I don't remember what, what that person is. Oh, yeah, it was... um. Uh, uh, I actually can't remember. I can remember the, the actor's face. I can't remember them. Anyway, so we looked it up. He said, "Oh yes, he was in. He was in the Ghost Monument." 
Now, oh, okay, that's good. I'm glad he was in that one with the scarves. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, so, gotta get the last ballad in. I think yep. it's uh, yep. uh, Capaldi and Whitaker. Capaldi and Whitaker, exactly, yep. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some, I said I'm gonna do some, some ranking. I said ranking <laughs> um, right after um, right Right after, right after we finished, right after we finished the recording this this very podcast that you're listening to, dear listener. Excellent. And then uh, I think next time we're going to be looking at set design in the 1970s. So we are the 1970s set design. I'm actually kind of excited about that one. Um, I've got. Some, it is hard. I've been just doing a little bit. It of is hard. Pre, you know, some homework trying to choose my top five, and it's sort of like, I, this is this is this is. There are some good sets. Hard choices to be made. Here. Exactly, exactly. Some very, very good sets to be to be looked at. So we would just have to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a whole decade. I mean, like you know, last time we were like, um, yeah, less than a decade. We had seven, effectively seven years. Seven we have years. A full we have a ten whole, year we're run. We're full ten years here. So yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, uh, tune in next week, um, listener, and you will find out uh, um, what we decide. All right. Well, thank you for listening to episode 229 of the Metabulous 2 podcast. I have been lamenting the poor choices of the 1980s rankers <laughs> in DWM with Ben. And I have been shuffling nervously from foot to foot with David. <laughs> all right. Well, get off here and do your ranking. Yeah, get ranking. Come on, everyone. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, we'll uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll see, we'll, 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 we'll see you soon. All right. Goodbye. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's it. It's interesting. Yeah, that's actually a, kind of an interesting conversation to like, well, you know, there's no change with any of those. Yeah. Yeah. Calcified. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs>